listening to the SCV Connected podcast with my mom, Kelly O'Keefe. Here we go. I'm so excited to be in studio today with Carrie Phillips from Rise Foundation. If you've not heard about Rise, I've got a treat for you. You're probably like me. I had never heard of it until it popped up on Instagram. (laughs) And I was instantly intrigued. I love nonprofits and I wanted to learn more. I scoped out your nonprofit page on Instagram (laughs) and immediately just reposted it on SCV Connected because I thought there was so much value. Thank you, Carrie, for joining me in studio today to talk more about this. You're welcome. I'm super excited to be here and talk about it. It's very, very new and green. So we're excited to have the opportunity to talk about it and tell the community about it and everything. Yeah. So we'll just start there then. Um, You know, I have a perception of maybe how I think it came (laughs) to be like some moms were sitting around and they're into foster care and they're like, we're going to create resources for other parents. But you tell me in your own words, like, how did this start? How did we get here? Okay. There's like a a lot of backstory. So I'll say to to the more pertinent points of it. I was never super uh, knowledgeable, I would say, about foster care in my life. I had like a pretty simple life, wasn't surrounded by a lot of people going through situations like that. I came down here. I've been living down here since college. And about four years ago, my niece went into the hospital at CHLA as a baby. And it just was this very earth-shattering experience for me. So it just, it just, you know, all these things you kind of go through life and you kind of think things are fine and people Mm -hmm. are fine. And you get down there and you're in a building full of people with sick children. And I was a mother. I had a new baby. And you also realize no matter how busy you are, when someone is in crisis who you love, Mm -hmm. you find time, you find money, you find things you didn't know that you have. You stretch yourself in a way that you didn't think that you could. And it just changed me. And um, sadly, my niece did pass away. Oh, my goodness. At that time. I'm sorry. But. Carrie, I didn't know we were going there right away. Oh, my goodness. But there's just something so important about that of the that level of urgency Mm -hmm. and so it changed me and I knew at that point that I wanted to help families in crisis Mm -hmm. and I kind of thought that that's where it would be it would be in hospitals it would be people with sick kids it would be those kinds of things and as I kind of attached myself to some other ladies that were going through some crises during COVID actually Mm -hmm. um me and the, the all the co-founders and I, so there's okay. four of us, we we kind of found each other during COVID and, you know, we, we attend church, but we couldn't really go to church with our kids. And we kind of did this little home church pod situation, you know, yes. and found each other that way and supported each other. And we had a close friend who had a crisis and we were trying to support her and it was medical related to children and childbearing and those kinds of things, mm-hmm. which eventually ended in her having to determine that she couldn't have more children and having to get rid of her things for babies that she had in her home, which was very emotional, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. So Jacinia, who's one of our co-founders, said, I know where we can take these, where she's going to feel like they're going somewhere that matters. And we mm-hmm. all got in the car with her. We packed up her stuff. And we went down to this place called James Storehouse in Thousand Oaks, okay. which is doing what we're trying to do, which is doing the dream of what we want to do. Okay. And we just were doing this for her and trying to help her. But we we went out to lunch afterwards and just looked at each other like we are the combination of people to do this. Mm-hmm. And Santa Clarita needs this. And James Storehouse is doing what we hope to grow. Okay. And we talked to the lady down there. Her name is Stacy DeWitt. And we talked to her regularly and stuff. 
they're doing this foster closet and they they have the entire community behind foster families, reunification families, bio families struggling, kids out of foster care. They are being parents to kids without parents and being support to people without it. And it just was amazing to see. And when we were down there, we could see that the four of us have this skill set, this combined skill set. We have Megan Simpson, who is just, I would call her the heart of the operation. Really? Like okay. she, I've known her forever, and she would give you the shirt off her back and then go buy you another shirt. You know, oh. like, I mean, she just, all of that. And, and she's very proactive to get things moving. And then I have this kind of accounting business background of, like, how to structure it okay. and get us a bank account and, right. like, you know, like these kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and then Jessica Prang is a occupational therapist and she's worked in this field. And then Justinia Pena has a local business in town, Payetta Please, and she's done fundraisers for things. She has a not-for-profit herself that she's done, and she's also done foster care herself. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the way that James Storehouse is set up in Thousand Oaks is they're describing to us, you know, we set up in this kind of wealthier area with lots of churches and faith groups and all these things to support outward because if you're close, they'll come mm -hmm. and you can help people understand how they can help this cause. And we just knew that day, like, I think something's going to come of this. For sure. And then we kind of tabled it because okay. <laughs> you're still kind of in COVID and different things. And it is a weird story, but my husband is starting a, was starting a machine shop and we were tabling that to focus on the machine shop. Okay. And... As we were looking for locations from the machine shop in Santa Clarita, they're all 50% office, 50% warehouse. So we walked into this location and it actually had the coloring and everything of Stop. James Storehouse. And we both looked at each other and I just said, "We're we have that's what we're doing with the second half of this building. That's oh what gosh. we're supposed to do. So, so we wait, thought we were tabling out. it. Yeah. And so now we're doing both at the same time. No way. And the machine shop is still working on getting up and running, which is supposed to be the thing funding. <laughs> okay. Funding Rise. So that's a little bit of a difficulty, but Rise has just taken off. It was like everybody was looking for it. The social wow. workers were looking for it. Families were looking for it. People are interested in helping, want to help, which is what we knew. We knew that about Santa Clarita. We've lived here. We know what the people are like. Mm -hmm. We know that they care. It's just a matter of giving them that place of like, we need this thing at this time in this place. And they just are like, yes, like ask us for what you need and we'll get it. So it's a it. closet donation center where people can come donate items. Yes. And then can you also get support services there as well? Eventually. Okay. So we don't have those yet. That is the dream. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no. But you, I'm sure you guys are all connected yes. to avenues to point people in the correct direction. Yes. Okay. So we got the building in October 2021. And then we were trying to get things up and going. We did a couple small fundraisers like prom dresses and different things. Mm -hmm. And then we had all these people handing us stuff for different reasons. Mm -hmm. And we it took us a while to kind of connect to the social workers themselves. And then finally in about September, one lady, we found her and she contacted me and needed like a bed. I said, oh, yeah, you know, I can take that. I can get that. And so I got the bed for her and it was it was like I it was like I could visually see her walking down the hall because it's like I was like, oh, yeah, I can get that. No problem. And then like 30 like minutes later, I get a phone call from someone's like, hey, um, so and so said that you have these things, you know, it's like a, you could see it start to kind of spread as you yeah. met needs of them going, oh, my gosh, like there's somebody here to help with this. Right. Because the social workers, especially, especially after COVID, like they have been through it. Like it was hard enough. They couldn't get to their kids during COVID. And then 
once COVID was over, they all got this influx. It's like they didn't have time to even recover from that kind of trauma. Okay. And then they have this whole influx and trying to help these families. Like they can't afford, you know, they walk into a house and they see there's not a bed for the child. Like they can't afford to fill that need. And so it's very discouraging. And so to have a place where they walk in, they go, oh, there's no bed in here. We're going to call up and we're going to get a bed so that this child has a place to sleep tonight. Like the the peace that that can give them of knowing that and being able to call us and we'll just say, connect us. It's done. We'll tell you when it's done. Okay. So take me yeah. back. I'm new at this. So yeah. uh, if I was a social worker, right. anything I pick up in there is free. Yes. Okay. So the way that it works is all the referrals come through social workers. And then there's a, a few organizations in town mm-hmm. that aren't technically social workers, but the organization can refer someone. Okay. So we have like finally family works with aged out teens in foster care who probably have social workers anyway, but she can just directly refer somebody because we know her. The crisis pregnancy center can directly refer a mother uh, to come over and, and shop. Okay. And then social workers can refer people over to us okay but a mom that's a foster care mom can't just call or walk in no no okay yeah so there's there is that limitation but that's usually it's very easy to get and the social workers kind of know like what's needed which helps us now can i just go in there and donate so if i'm donating a crib to you i'm walking in donating it i'm not getting store credit or anything like that it's like i'm just giving the donation away yes and do I come? Can I do that? Or do you pick it up? How does yeah. that work? So we have two donation days a month. There's one on a weekday and there's one on a weekend. We have two in February. And so you would just come and drop your stuff. And then we'd obviously give you like a tax deduction form. Like okay. we give everybody like Goodwill would give you. And then we also on our Instagram as well is there when certain needs come up for things we don't have, which is why it's so important to get people to follow us is like, you might have something you don't even know is valuable, right? but somebody might need it. So we'll put, if we don't have it, we'll put up like, hey, we're looking for a bunk bed for a couple of boys that need a place to sleep tonight, you know? Okay. And sometimes in that scenario, we might kind of coordinate to like come get it on a, like an off time. Okay. Um, so we've had that happen quite a few times, which has been really cool. The thing that I think is really amazing about it is when we first started and the social workers started contacting us, the first five things that they took were things out of my garage. They no were way. like the the stroller that I had, the bed that I had that my girls had grown out of, like everything. And I just thought we just met five needs with just me, just things that I don't need anymore because right. I've, you know, my children have outgrown them. So it's amazing, like the ratio of that, like one person might have all of these different things. Right. And not even know it. That's and not even awesome. know that they could help five people with like what's sitting in their garage or what's, you know, not being used or, you know, I mean, we, I think in Santa Clarita, you know, we update our kids' bedrooms and we do these things. And so- right. So easily there can be those things. Yeah. You know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So how does volunteering with Rise make you feel? You know, it's been kind of amazing because I think that in the beginning it was like we were organizing, we were doing, and we were doing, and mm-hmm. and then we kind of connected to the social workers, and it was just really special to kind of meet them. Like the social workers in Santa Cruz, I mean, I didn't know anyone, and we had a, a Christmas event, and they came, and it was like they knew every one of their kids. They knew like, oh, this little boy has a brother and we're going to get a football for him to play with his brother. Or this little boy likes dinosaurs and this little boy likes this. Or this little girl likes that. And just seeing like the care mm-hmm. and the rooting for of the families of like all they need is a crib and then we can just let them go and live their life like they've done everything they need to do and and how yeah. happy they seem. You know, it's like that that connection I think is really been amazing relationship wise. And then 
just in the last couple of months, we've had direct connections with the people who things are going to. Like I had a girl over there we were shopping for. She's 25. She has all five of her younger siblings, which she's going to effectively raise at this point. Oh, my goodness. And um, just getting to shop with her for them and look her in the eyes and tell her, like, you're doing an amazing sacrificial thing. Mm. And I hope people tell you that and her to say, like, people, no, they don't. They don't. And, like, they should. They should. Like, what you're doing is amazing and sacrificial and beautiful. And, you know, whether they see your siblings see that or not, like, it doesn't change what you're doing for them. Yeah. And you're her biggest cheerleader, I'm sure. Right. So it's it's just like that part, I feel like, has been the most amazing is to Mm -hmm. look someone in the eyes and say, you can do this. Right. Or we had a mama come in who had... She, they told us she had twins, boys, mm-hmm. and then she showed up with, like, three older girls. We're like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and she I don't know what her situation was. We don't always know, but she was just kind of, you know, she had them all for the weekend was mm-hmm. the situation. And just being able to look at her like, you are moving in the right direction. Like, these kids need you. Like, do not go back. Whatever it was, do not go back to it. Right. And bridge that gap because the social workers are amazing, But it's very easy for them to kind of write off like, yeah, they were. Yeah, this is their job. You know, there's something so different about somebody like this is not their job. Mm -hmm. They are not paid to say this to you. They have nothing to gain from it. They're just saying it because it's true. And Mm -hmm. they're saying it because they love you. And and to kind of build the community up in that way where this would be the place you would want to be if you were either struggling or you wanted to foster or you wanted to adopt, like you'd be like, I want to do that in Santa Clarita because the people there care about me. Right. And support me. Wow. You know? Yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh. So take me back to starting the nonprofit. What's one thing that you didn't expect? Like, I know how like heartfelt it's touched you and impacted you because you've shared that just now, but what about the business side of it? Like, Getting to where you are now. One of the things I didn't expect was that we thought we would get this machine shop up and running Mm -hmm. and be like just doing that on the side and that machine shop would pay for it and it'll be fine. It'll be easy. It won't be a struggle. Mm. And I think the way that it's gone the opposite way where it's kind of gone forward first and the financial struggle of it, I would say, Mm -hmm. of trying to do that, but also just knowing that this is what we're supposed to do. So we just have to keep moving forward. Right. And I think that 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 part of it was kind of surprising. Okay. So I would say that that was one thing. Um, And do you take donations? Like if someone wanted to just come in and make a donation or a business organization or maybe like say children wanted to host a lemonade stand and they wanted to give it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. They can do that. So we do, we've done quite a few things, which is really cool. Talk about just the way that the community is around here. We've done quite a few things where people have just stepped up and said, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So we had a like a homeschool group say, we want to do a toiletry drive for you. Mm-hmm. We have like my, my daughter's preschool this week for um, Valentine's Day is doing a hugs and kisses, socks and britches Aww, fundraiser. And there's been a lot of people that just said, what can we do? Can we do this? Like a, a church youth group. We have a Bible study doing a baby item thing where they're basically having a faux baby shower for a baby that's not there, you know, and kind of gathering all those kind of baby things, shampoos and things oh, like that. that's a great that. idea. Because, you know, those Bible study, they know how to throw a baby right? shower. Right, yeah. Like, you know oh, how to do this. That's awesome. You know, you might as well just do it. But I never thought about doing it for, like, an organization, like a yeah. faux, like you said, a faux baby shower. Yeah. Like- yeah, we've had a few churches that have done small fundraisers, financial ones, and I'm um, doing 
and yeah, financial ones. And then we did, I did one with Osborne Books where we did for our Christmas for the social workers, uh, we did Osborne Book Party. So all the rewards went towards the books. So I ended up having 126 books that I did not buy. Oh my goodness. So all the rewards went there and then certain people bought books and sent them directly. And so that was the kind of the basis of our kind of Christmas shop for the social workers to come shop for their kids, which was just unmatched like the best thing we did all year because we finally got to like meet them they got to see our whole facility because you know that it i I think they're rightfully cautious sending somebody over somewhere they have never been and we are right down the street from them so it's not very far but i think them seeing that like the the requests have gone up substantially because now they see that we're serious we're doing this we're down the street from you we have you know a warehouse with cribs and and mattresses and bedding in them so are you ever worried about Hitting capacity at your storage facility? Like, is that ever concerned? I, I feel like I'm not. I, okay. Maybe I should be. Okay. I don't know. I think that we all have stuff in our garages currently, but it's it's more like backfill of clothing and stuff. The furniture stuff is always, mm-hmm. you know, we have to buy it sometimes to get things done. Okay. But yeah, I, I worry about that sometimes. But I think that a lot more currently I'm worried about the time is I think we're, we're getting to that point where I would love to have somebody in there that's there on some sort of regular basis. Because right now we just take appointments and drive from our house over and meet people for different things. Okay. So that's the thing right now that we want to get some financial commitments from people mm-hmm. to be able to do because that makes it easier on the social workers. I think it's harder for them to constantly kind of coordinate with us. Right. If we're just saying on Tuesdays, you know, you can bring your client by and they can go shopping. I think is would be helpful to them. Which yeah. I didn't know we'd be here this fast, but it's just it is growing so fast and so that's been amazing. That's good. Yeah. So what do you hope to build? Like what type of relationships are you looking for within the community? The thing that I think a phrase that I heard recently from somebody that works in foster, which I think was just amazing and I've reused it about 50 times since I heard it was not everyone can do the same thing, but everyone can do something. Mm. And I think the thing that's the scariest thing about foster care for everybody is if they don't want to foster a child, they're like, they're going to make me foster a child. Yeah. <laughs> if I walk in there, they're going to hand me a baby and then I'll be like, I can't give the baby back and I don't have the soul to and now I'm fostering children and I didn't want to do it. <laughs> and so it's like this kind of scary thing to get involved in. And I think the thing that's been so beautiful is to see people have a skill that is so specific and say, I can do that. Mm. An example of that would be we have a grandma who says, I can shop for stuffed animals. I love shopping for stuffed animals. I would like to go to Hallmark and buy the stuffed animals. Nobody has any business buying because they're, you know, too expensive, too nice. And she wants to do that. And she fills our little shelves with stuffed animals. And anytime any kid comes in, we're handing them a toy or a stuffed animal. They don't leave there without something like from us. That's not something that they need. And it has this like grandma vibe like on it, you know? And it's just that. And every single time we say, oh, the shelf's empty, I'll come in. And I'm like, what? Dude, was she here? She's like, yeah, she was here. And it, that's the only thing she's doing. That is the only thing she's doing. And it is amazing. And the amount of times that, like, I had my daughter, I was I was delivering a bed and we were getting bedding and it was for a three and a four-year-old brother, sister. And I had my daughter who's eight. I said, can you pick out a stuffed animal for the little boy? She said, okay. She grabbed this dinosaur off the shelf. And when we got up there... She just grabbed a dinosaur, said, sure, whatever. And when we got up there, the little boy goes, I love dinosaurs. Like, he just was like, I love dinosaurs. And it made him so excited to get his bed, to get his things, and to 
have that. What do you think that did for your daughter? Like it was incredible. It was incredible. She will ask about that little boy. She, we had, that was his bio dad. And then I guess he wasn't seeing his mom. And then at some point the mom needed a bed because she was getting visitation. And my daughter said, what's going on with that little boy? Do you hear anything? And I almost never do. And I said, I heard that he gets to see his mommy. Mm -hmm. And she just was so excited. And it was just like these real things to your kids. I mean, those of us who have a little bit older kids Mm -hmm. that are helping, like it is just unmatched to have your kids like see that, the perspective of it. Like my children will... My children have a lot of issues. They're not perfect children. But there are these things where they will say, like, oh, I don't need this toy. Like, oh, let's take that to the kids at Rise. Or, or oh, like, my daughter said, oh, I made all this birthday money. Like, I want to go shopping at Five Below and give stuff to Rise or, you know, different things. Just having them have that perspective right. of, you know, especially in Santa Clarita because we all have such an abundance. Santa Clarita, America, California, anything, right? right? right, right. We're, We're all swimming in stuff. So to have, So to have that where they know that there's people out there in these different circumstances, I just think is so important. Right. What would you say to the mom listening that wants to expose her kids to something like that, but maybe can't give um, as much time or start her own nonprofit? Right. Like, what would you suggest? You know, I think that part of it is, is coming up with a creative thing of what you can do. Okay. So similarly as like a homeschool group says, let's do a toiletry drive, you know? And so they all kind of bring different things that they can kind of buy in bulk or do things and make something happen. Or we had a a boy scout. Like if you go into our facility or you see a picture of our little baby area, all the little name placards that say 2T, 1T, whatever, were made by a Boy Scout. No way. They're just these little okay. wood circles. And so you'll he find did a job them. for us is they'll, what you're saying. Yeah, like, they'll find something. And that's okay. what I think is amazing is to find something that you do, like okay. you already do. I mean, I right. think the thing with that we love about James Storehouse so much is there's so – it's it has completely engulfed the community and everybody that has a skill has like applied that skill. Like they have, I know they get cars donated at some point um, from dealerships and they'll give them to people, but they have a mechanic who's like, when that person gets that car, I'm going to come over and teach that kid how to, how to check their oil. I'm going to teach them how to check their tires. Like the things a father would do. Yeah. And so it's like, I have that. I know how to do that. You know, anything. And so that's why I feel like it's not, we'll put you to work and give you all these tasks. It's more, what do you do? What What is a value that you like doing? Mm-hmm. And and how could you apply that to this I situation? I love that you see that in people. Like you're able to help connect that the dots for people or just point it out or allow people – like you're giving people a platform to allow their gifts to shine. And yeah. that's so special. Like I didn't even think about having a mechanic who specializes in that and that's their gift. And maybe they're able to then bless a family by teaching a child how to change their oil. Like – yeah. That's so neat. And I think True. especially in Santa Clarita, we have so many families and the the crux of foster care is the breakdown of a family and mm-hmm. trying to, in the perfect scenario, the best case scenario is reunify the original family. Mm-hmm. That's the best case scenario. And so, you know, we're all functioning our families. We're all trying to make our families work. And so that alone, like, gives you certain levels of qualifications. Like, I know how a family works. I know what a family needs. I know what helps people whether it be an encouraging note or a meal or any of those things of of any sort of connections that we have. We had a gentleman in town who his sons had to play football. He got him into college playing football and they're out of the house. And he said, you know what? You come across a young man who plays football. I know how to get a high school football kid to college on a football scholarship. Oh, my god! Send gosh. them my way. Wow. You know, which is such a unique Right. Skill. Yeah. And to even think like, 
I could do that again. I yeah. could do that for somebody else, you know? So it's like, think about like what, what your skills are. And yeah. I think everybody has things to offer their community. My mind is like going yeah. off. Like, I mean, maybe there's a mom that knows how to fill out a college application. Exactly. That can help, yeah. Tutor maybe. some specific thing. Like I'm an accountant and we've thought about absolutely the thought of teaching like young kind of math minded folks how to just do general bookkeeping because it's not there's a level which you don't have to have degrees to do those things there's certain job skills you can get them far enough based right. on tr- certain training the goal for the machine shop in the end is that we would have that be a training center for young men in particular who are mechanically minded because oh my being machine certified is an incredibly valuable career that could be your career you could live in santa Clarita on a career like that if somebody taught you how to do it are you doing um, are you doing the machine shop specifically for this or just like you're like how can we use this gift that my husband has of machinery and also incorporate it into rise it's it's it would be the latter, yeah. So he's got the machine shop is not it's it's completely up and ready to go. Okay. So we're working on getting uh, jobs for it and things of that nature. But as soon as we have to start staffing jobs, like we really do want to look towards uh, if we can. And now that we have connections with social workers, like young men that need work to do yeah. and that need to be kept busy because that's how you keep them out of trouble as well. It's like give them a job, make them work, give them you know a way to earn money and and teach them and train them. And I think. It's men in particular, I think they work side by side. So as far as kind of helping a young man like stay on track, having somebody kind of on their side mm-hmm. is tends to work well for them, okay. you know. I'm just like blown away and it's going to take a whole different direction <laughs> of how much you and your husband are like serving and loving other people and just pointing out those gifts in other people. Like where did that come from? Did you grow up in families that emulated? I'm curious what your um, story is. I would say that I was always a rescuer okay. is what the term would be. My mother would call it a rescuer. Mm-hmm. I was younger. I tra- When I was in, uh, a teenager, I tried to rescue boys, which was a bad idea. <laughs> oh, no. That's um, always a bad so idea. So away from that. <laughs> At any age. <laughs> which was a good thing. Yeah. But I always had that, I think, kind of like rescuer type gene of, of wanting to be helpful. And my parents did church ministry stuff with youth and my whole life. Mm-hmm. And my husband and I ran children's ministry at our churches out here. Okay. And we have our kiddos in public school out here. And just, I don't know, my heart just is drawn towards that hurt mm. and wanting to, if it's within my power, do something about it. For sure. It's not always within our power to fix everything, right? But right. <clears throat> I think uh, there's a lot that can be done. I think. People talk a lot about the foster system being broken. Mm-hmm. And I think so much of that is that the government is always going to be the government. It's never going to be a human. Like you have your social worker, which is the closest thing you get to it. And the social workers are amazing. Mm-hmm. But you can always write that off. Like they're paid to be here. You know, like there's just – and it's the same thing as I tell people. Like we could go to Walmart and ask them to donate a 1,000 mattresses. They probably would for a tax write-off. They well, probably would because they would or they care or whatever. But – it's not the same as somebody down the street from you saying, I brought you a bed for your child because I care that they have a place to sleep. Wow. And I brought you this thing. It's not the same. And that's something that Stacey DeWitt taught us at James Storehouse is she's like, it's not just about the stuff. It's like the stuff has to have that meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you look at a bed in your house that you're putting your child to bed on, you know that somebody cared to give that to you. You feel supported. You feel cared for. When you've had a long day. 
and you have things in your home that somebody gave to you because they love you because they they said you can do this and you've got it's like reminders that is and so mementos. true yeah and it's just it will never the government and a corporation can never duplicate that hmm. they cannot duplicate it because we're humans and they're human issues and they're mm-hmm. emotional and mental and they can't duplicate it and i feel like they've gotten really far almost like far as they can but like we do have to step up and bridge that gap right it's not going to be some law that's passed that fixes it all mm-hmm. it's like we have to step up and say yeah it is broken what are we going to do about it how who are we going to help and it doesn't have to be um everyone can be like who's close to me and the thing that's wild about it is as soon as we started doing it i can't tell you how many times i've been sitting at a a practice or a thing or whatever and i'll just look and i'll be like oh is that like you're like you know you can tell sometimes you're like "Hmm, is that you know are you fostering these kiddos like what's the situation and when you tell somebody that you do stuff for foster and they do it they melt to you they look at you like somebody is coming to help us wow because it's a very lonely thing to do which seems bizarre because there's people doing it but there's a loneliness to it I think because a lot of people don't understand yeah help me understand that because I would think nowadays uh, you could find like a group you could plug into maybe on social media or it would be easier to find a community group Mm -hmm. but maybe I'm wrong yeah well I think I think there's groups I think a lot of people fall into foster care about like half of people that fall into foster care it's it's a family member okay so they weren't maybe necessarily starting out saying, I'm going to go do this and I'm going to join these groups and figure out what I have to do. Um, and I think that there always, there's always some sort of trauma that has landed that child in foster care. And so you're dealing with the child with trauma right off the bat, which is difficult. And one of the things that I've heard that is sad, but I, I can see it, but it's difficult is that the children tend to have, because of the trauma, they'll have certain behavioral problems and a lot of times, you know, people will stop, stop planning park dates with you or different mm. things because of how your child's affecting their child or different things like that. And so you'll learn, like, I got to, you know, be with some other foster families or different things. And people find those groups. But I do think it's hard and it's unexpected. Like, they don't expect it to be that way. Right. And so then it just feels like, oh, my gosh, like, they won't even spend time with me because they're concerned about how the, my child's going to affect their child which is a fair concern, right? Like right. all those things are fair things. Right. You just don't, right. you don't anticipate how that will all play out. Right. And so then it, it can be lonely because you're doing something so emotionally hard mm-hmm. that even these small, like a friend pulling back from you, you know, can just feel a thousand times larger Wow. in that emotional state. Right. Wow. So that's having that support, that person maybe that's going th- in foster care too, that you can call up and be like, how do I navigate this situation? Or yeah. this is this hurts. Yeah. You know, in that like, moment. This is hard. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. my gosh. What would you say to someone interested in going into foster care? You know, there are some amazing organizations. There's an organization called Foster the City that's that started in San Francisco that's coming down here. I think locally we have Foster for All that is locally that helps you get just even the paperwork and the, all that stuff. Okay. But if you're interested in doing foster care and so I think they have a ton of resources of getting you, like you said, like into those groups and into those things and like kind of preparing your heart for what's to come if you can, if you have the time to prepare and it's not an emergency situation. Okay. So I think that that is very, very important is to kind of not think, oh, this will be fine. I've got this. But to go, this is going to be hard. So how am I going to support myself and support 
this child and make sure that I'm doing the best I can to make it easier. Okay. Yeah. In a perfect world. If it's, In a perfect world. Yeah. yeah. If you're seeking yeah. it. If you know it's coming ahead of time. Yeah. And you can gather those tools and keep them in your toolbox, so to yeah. speak. Okay. So I want to ask you a question. Please okay. don't take this the wrong way. No. There's so many nonprofits in Santa Clarita. Yeah. What's so special about RISE? Other than, you know, we've talked about foster care, but say there's a family that wants to get involved and they don't know which nonprofit, right. how, yeah, I guess let me ask that differently. Hold on. No, I like, I'm fine. Uh, let's do, how does the RISE Foundation make our community a better place? Make Santa Clarita a better place? So the thing about foster care is that the the large majority of people who are dealing are in prison, mm-hmm. who are homeless, who have been rescued from sex trafficking have been in the foster care system. So the problems in our society and in our community and the struggle in our community, foster care is ground zero of that. There is, I mean, there's traumas, of course, but there's problems that then are then are perpetuating people's lives to where, not in a cold sense, but they they will they will become problems for the entire community. Mm. So from a humanity standpoint and just a care standpoint of caring for children, right? right? We should care for children. It should be known among people that we care. Um, Especially and in, in our your community. community. Predominantly a family community. Right. So Right. Yeah. So I think that that's important. But I think that it is ground zero for so many of the things happening with people. So many of the mental mm-hmm. health problems. All the things that we talk about, talk about. What do we do about the prisons? What do we do about this? How do we get the homeless off the street? All of this stuff, they're all symptoms of a problem of broken people that that need healing. And we need to get to them sooner than when they're in prison. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's ground zero in that point, in that case of all the things you could do you're, you're actually hitting a lot more stones than you think by starting to care about foster care. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Okay. So what are the long-term plans for RISE Foundation? The dream. The dream. If you were to Google James Storehouse, that would be our long-term dream. <laughs> okay. But James Storehouse is such a leader in this. And I think what they've done is they've set this like template of how to do it well. And That's neat that you have that resource. I mean, that's critical to being successful it sounds like is they've done it they've done it really well and you have them to look to as like a model yes yes and so one of the things that I think that they do well that would be what we would want to do is creatively think about what parents do for their children Mm -hmm. and what things are the most valuable that parents do for their children and do that for children without parents so an example would be, I know they have like a savings program, like a college savings program, where if you get the child to save like $2,000, like you'll match it, which is totally something parents do, right? Right. Because the goal is to get them to recognize how to save money, how to do without to save money for something in the future. And just life skills like that, job skills, and those more long-term things, and then using all of those things to build relationships and give them a foundation and a security and a place to come when they need help. Right. And in that, it not be the four of us in there being that place to come, but it being that they know that the community cares about them Mm -hmm. and that it comes from that and that Santa Clarita would actually be marked by caring about foster families or reunification families. Because I believe that Thousand Oaks is, is marked by that based on 
the amount of work that they are doing all the way down to Los Angeles County from where they are. I think they they do like th- they serve as like three thousand placements a year. They're doing something for somebody. It is it's crazy. And you know when they do like they're back to school. There's a tent for everything, and everything is an organization, a business, a church, something that says, we've got backpacks for these 3,000 kids. We've got shoes for these 3,000 kids. They're all just grabbing a piece of the puzzle. And to me, that's like a place I want to live. And I think Santa Clarita can be that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. So on the short term for 2023, (laughs) what can we expect? We're just going to keep growing with donations and support services and... Or you tell me. Yeah. <laughs> um, for 2023, I think we're just going to continue to grow. We really need to grow our financial donor base okay. um, is one thing. And then our our um, physical donor base as well. So a lot of that comes down to the land we live in, which is Instagram. But it does work really well to kind of get the word out that we need something. It is the fastest, quickest way to say, hey, does anybody have an extra bed? Okay. Follow along thing. on Instagram so yes. we can stay in touch with the current needs. Where can the community find you? Instagram is the best place. That's where we're the most active at rise underscore foundation underscore SCV. And then we also have a website, which is www.risescv.org, which has more general information of what kinds of things can be donated. Our email is on there. If anybody had ideas of any, I mean, any group you're in, a Girl Scout group, a Boy Scout group, like I'm happy to come talk to the kids about what foster care is and what it's like and what they can do. And and, you know, we have, you know, flyers or generic things we can send, you know, when we have folks do a, a toiletry drive, like we'll give them the materials, we'll give them those kinds of things. And so it makes it very easy to pick something kind of concise like that. Okay. The thing that I think is amazing is just how any kind of gift or contribution, small or large, like how far it can go and how much even some of the smallest, funniest things will be a, a thing. I mean, we had somebody that donated... We were looking through donations and yeah, it was like an me. old share now. It was like an old in and out shirt. And we kinda look at each other and we're like, I don't know. Maybe somebody will like it. And I mean, we have a wall of shirts. And the next, there was a 15-year-old boy that came in there and he just gra- like saw it and grabbed off the wall and goes, an in and out shirt. And we just looked at each other and started laughing. Like we almost threw that away. You know, it's like it's just so funny. You just never know the things. And then to him, that was like the best thing he got that day. How funny. And so you just never know like what things in your home that have like lost value to you are so valuable to somebody else. Mm. And so then and it comes down to there are times where the needs are bigger and there are times where, you know, it's something that has to be purchased. It's just a bigger purchase and not everybody can contribute to that. But I would say like there are very small contributions that have been massive impacts on individuals. So, yeah. So then You've done then, such a great yeah. job of sharing, yeah, how many like ripples could be created by one small act of kindness with Rise Foundation. And so I don't think I ever thought of foster care in that capacity of how we can all share our gifts and talents. Like there's something that we can help contribute to Rise. Yeah. 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 And even things like that you could be, you know, a mom that's been an experienced mom and say, hey, if you have a mom that's doing foster care that just got thrown into it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm a grandma. I could give her a day off. I could give her a morning off. Like, even mm. things that are those kinds of things, you know? I oh, mean, yeah, or go grocery shopping for her. Go grocery something. shopping for her. Yeah, any of those kinds of things. Everything has a place. And so I think that's kind of the challenge is for us to educate the community of Santa Clarita that their gifts have a place and they can be used for something and that they have more time and resources to give to others than they think they have. Okay. 
And that's, I think, what I learned in the last couple of years of my life with the circumstances that I went through was like, when you're just like up against like, it's it's me or nobody. And like, I just, I have to give it. I, I have to figure it out. I have to stay up later. I have to, you know, make money somewhere else. I have to do these things because I can't say no to this when it's right in front of your face and it needs you. And I think that's the thing now is, you know, when you get a phone call that says, okay, this, you know, this mom is sleeping on the floor with her baby. Like you just, you can't say no to it once you know it's there. Right. You can say no when you're like, okay, people need things. But once you know it's there, you're like, we're going to figure this out and we're going to hope that the money comes or we're going to just make it happen because we cannot stay here in good conscience and say, oh, okay, well, that's a bummer for her. You know, you can't. Once you know, you can't. And I think that's what I feel like with the social workers is just trying to put myself in their shoes of for how long they're having to see these things and not really be able to do anything about that. Right. And how thankful they are and how amazing and thankful they have been to be able to do something about it and be able to send somebody and just the ease of the, just a little bit makes their job a little bit easier. And they're just on the front lines, you know, protecting us all from the things nobody wants to think about. Right. <laughs> that right, they have to think yeah, about all right. the time. And they have to see and know and try to go home at night and sleep at night knowing just what's all out there and what's all going on with all these kiddos and stuff. And so I think that they've been like holding that line like really – really well but i think they need help right yeah i think they do too thank you for sharing too and bringing it to the forefront of our attention and creating the nonprofit and just being that connector within the community of not just tangible goods but also just (laughs) gifts of neighbors and just like yourself that are helping other people so we need more people like you and thank thank you. you to you and your husband and to the group of women that you've gathered and rallied around this organization I know you guys are going to do incredible things if you haven't already. I'm sure you have already. <laughs> but thank you for, you know, I expected to fall in love with foster care <laughs> and Rise Foundation and the work you were doing in the community. But I just had no idea that, Carrie Phillips, you would bring me to tears today. Aww. Just the work that you and your husband are doing. And I think that it's evident and it just creates more ripples and people want to do good by being in your space. So Aww, thank, thank you so you. much. I appreciate that so much. It's so amazing to just be able to talk about it and... It's it's moving so fast. Megan, our our co-founder, says, I, I knew we were leaving. I just didn't let me just put my shoes on first so we can go somewhere because it's just moving so fast. Uh, but that's a ama- that's the amazing thing about it is it just feels right. I think if it was moving slow, you'd go, maybe we don't know what we're doing or right. what we're talking about. And just seeing like how much the community cares and how much it's kind of like that missing piece. Mm-hmm. In Santa Clarita, where there's a lot of people doing a lot of things for foster care, but the foster closet piece like wasn't there. It was kind of like this kind of little missing missing puzzle piece. And so we're just really excited to see it uh, move forward. So For sure. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing about the foster closet and Rise Foundation, and we'll keep in touch with you. All right. Yeah. Thanks. We'll be sharing anything that you guys have going on and, or any needs. So. Right. Great. Thank you so much. No I problem. appreciate it. Was there anything that we might have left out? Carrie, thanks so much for being here with us today and sharing about Rise Foundation. Go ahead and let the listeners know where we can find you. All right. Well, we are on Instagram at at rise underscore foundation underscore SCV. We have our website, which is www.risescv.org. 
Um, there's donation links on there. There's lists of the specific kind of needs that we have, which can give you a little more of a vision of kind of the physical needs. And there's links to like Stripe and Venmo and those kinds of things. And Amazon wish lists if people are Amazon savvy and that's easier for you. We have all of those things. And yeah. Well, fantastic. I want to respect your time. So thanks for being here today. Thank you so much for having us. No problem. We'll talk soon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's 45 minutes. What about you, Corinne? Do you have any feedback we should include? Did none of it get recorded? <laughs> I know. Huh? Could you imagine? That was great. None no, of it got I, recorded. I, I, I check all the time. And this is, yeah, we're still recording, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> that's you're like your... Because sometimes that could happen. So good. It's so crazy. This is... I appreciate this so much. Like, it's... Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been kind of wild. Thanks for listening to the SCV Connected podcast with my mom, Kelly O'Keefe. Don't forget to click on all five stars. Make sure to share this with friends and family and stay connected.